Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. You're welcome back. This is Newsfile, it's your most authoritative news analysis platform. And here on Newsfile, we put Ghana first. I'm Samson Ladi Anyanini. It has taken 466 days for Ken Oferiata to be removed after protest for him to be removed. But as we move from being in charge of the Ministry of Finance and Economic Planning, some insist where he finds himself now, he may be even more powerful than the finance minister. Franklin Kujo, president and CEO of Imani Africa, says, according to news sources in the office of the president, Keno Furiata will serve as the president's special envoy on international investment and capital markets, meaning he will be in charge of negotiating most big deals. He is now bigger than the IMF. But this reshuffle, what does it bring? Does it meet your expectations, particularly that it has not resulted in the downsizing of the government, the biggest government that we have ever seen, 126, started by Akufuado and later cut to 86. Professor or Dr. John Osai Kwapong says, there are two central questions emerging from, the, of the, from this reshuffle. Why now? And what difference will it make? Politically, if this had been done a year or two ago, it may have allowed the administration to win back some of the good graces it once enjoyed at a high level from Ghanaians. Professor Ali Duseidu says, I think the timing will not help even with the best of people with skills to make a meaningful impact, given the time that we have. The president dragged his feet all this while until now. So people may think that this particular reshuffle is introducing new talents full of useful people, but will they have the time and be able to exhibit the talents they have. I share one other view with you. And these are people in academia, in governance, in the CSO 
forefront leadership. Dr. Kojo Pumpunia Sante, Director of Advocacy and Policy Engagement at the CDD, says, the question to ask is, why now? Just like Dr. Osai Kwapong. And what is the added governance value of the reshuffle with about nine months to go to the elections? It is also important that the new leadership tries to be more cons consultative and build consensus on the interventions that will promote consolidation, growth, and a path to transformation. These have been the comments arising from the reshuffle announced by the president. My guests this morning to help with the discussion. Sam George, his MP, Ningo Pram Pram. Haruna Muhammad, his Deputy General Secretary, MPP. Dr. Theo Echampong, his Political Risk Analyst. Kwame Pienin is Economist. And we will also have Kweku Kwating. The man we understand was offered an opportunity and he declined, also joining us briefly to explain why. Gentlemen, thank you very much for making time to join us. Pleasure. Great. So if I may start with you, Haruna, are you with us on the line? I'm with you, something. Great. How have you been, as it were, examining or taking the criticism, call it feedback, from the populace. The media has been on the streets to speak to people at random, and the majority view is obvious. Too little, too late. Um, Of the media, we share in the views of the civil society, 
and that is why the general secretary of our party, my boss, just indicated that when we were having our Thanksgiving service, that especially the president should take uh, some time for rethink about the people that work in his government to re-inject more energy that will help to propel the good fortunes of the party as well as government. And at this juncture, we are happy that the Secretary has listened to the call of the new Patriotic Party General Secretary. However, something we are also still calling on those who think that they are very tired and cannot contribute much to the fortunes of the party and government can also voluntarily resign so that people that will be able to access uh, will be appointed to those particular positions. I don't think that nine months, eight months, or which months uh, cannot make a positive decision. Um, in football, we, change, we do change even three minutes to time, five minutes to time, and such persons come in and change the dynamism of politics. And we welcome the news by Secretary the President of the Republic of Ghana. Dr. Mahmoud Bamiya has promised that if he's given the opportunity to be president, he will cut the number to 50 ministers and deputy ministers in total. John Mahama is proposing 60. Some say we can do far less. We can actually do, according to Che Mensabonsu, a lot less. Some say we can do with 20. Is this not the time the president should have listened to the cries of Ghanaians? And if you say media, media simply mirrors, reflects the society. Is it not the time to do that? What's the value uh, of the reshuffle if it does not lead to a downsizing of the government in a country in austerity? Uh, something. Uh, this is a valid call. However, every leader and the way, manner, or the factor in which he wants to handle um, or solve his problem, uh, especially the vice president, uh, should he become president of the Republic of Ghana, has proffered a solution of 50 ministers. The current sitting president, considering the issues that are before him and the kind of solutions that he needs, he thinks, based on his leadership qualities, needs this number of ministers to be able to run the administration. Uh, we can't obviously force him for his own decisions, but we can question how these things are done, and that is why we are in a democracy. But if you look at the solutions that the vice president focused, he looked at sector by sector and also indicated his contribution to this sector. And by the time that he assumed the role as the president of the Republic of Ghana, certain ministries had to be merged, certain departments had to be merged, and for him to be able to have the future ministries. Let's remember, his excellency the vice president's role now to accept, not to insert. Mm. And when he's given the opportunity by the Constitution of the Republic of Ghana, he will have the opportunity to insert. And when he has to, 
he will be able to make sure that tentatively he identifies which department or ministry can contribute to the vision that he has so for the people of Ghana. Effectively, the vice president's number of 50 is one of the biggest criticisms he can make of the current regime. Despite the fact that when the president appointed 126, you defended it, he's hanging at 86, you are defending it. Um, this criticism ought to tell you that you are not listening to the people. Uh, I don't think it's a criticism. When you offer solutions different from somebody's solution, doesn't necessarily mean that um, you are criticizing the person. You don't you change. You don't it. change what is good. You are looking at it from a different point of view. Something remember: when you are at a far distance and somebody is also closer to a certain object, and you are all giving solutions to that object, it depends upon where you stand. Perhaps where you are standing will give you a different direction as to how you are going to solve it. At this particular instance, the vice president says that considering the impact of the economy, considering the governance structure, considering the opportunity that will be given him in 2025, he needs 50 numbers of ministers to be able to work through. Ghana's and population would be increasing. It will not be decreasing, correct? It will be increasing. The problems, However, that, the problems that you say Akufado is, you know, bedeviled with in terms of governance will not have vanished. The problems that the president used to justify 126 have not left us. They have if worsened, and yet he's working with 86. So how do you continue this justification in the face of what the demand of the overwhelming people of Ghanaians is? Um, I think that, uh, yes, I agree that the population of the people of Ghana will increase, considering the, the, the impact and uh, what the specialist the president wants to uh, achieve. Remember, Akufado is a leader on his own. Baumia will be a leader on his own. He is saying that considering what I'll be taking over, remember, he's part of this particular administration. He knows the number of things that are being done to change the fortunes of the people of Ghana and the living standards. So he is saying that at the time that he will be taking over as president of the Republic, the Ghanaian people give him the opportunity. He will need less a number of ministers to do so. And we have all, as Ghanaians, have to find a number of measures. If they are made, it will be able to be done. And definitely, if he comes into office, uh, it is not just that it is only the ministers that will be working. There are technocrats in several departments. All these departments that are established and the ministers are working. There will be different work schedules that will be given to people that will be working through to make sure that we have worked efficiency and worked effectiveness. Mm. So as leaders on their own, they are also proffering solutions to this particular problem. And I don't think that it is a criticism. It is a, 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 a divide.
a leader who thinks that this is the way I want to uh, 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 go about it. But as a leader in Akufuado, uh, he thinks that he wants to have this number of ministers. Something, you are a lawyer. Uh, there has not been any cap in the, uh, in the number of ministers to be appointed. And that has been something that is also affecting the way MANA presidents come and they increase the number of ministers. That's why the fact that it is stated that majority of the ministers should come from parliament. But there is no any indication of any limitation. And that is sometimes one of the causes of which the numbers go up. We are very happy that now that leaders that are coming out to be elected as president are giving us specific numbers that can be measured against... Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Their leadership, when they are given the opportunity. So mm. I would well march on the, lead, the next leaders that we are going to look out for. This will be solving the problems of the people of Ghana questioning the leadership currently. So I'm happy, and I know you are also happy, that considering the, the, the calling of the people of Ghana, to limit the number or reduce the number, leadership has already taken those tests. And those tests are being mentioned, and people will judge them based on the numbers that they have given. And I think that the best thing that we're all looking at for is to get a person that will be able to represent us and be able to lead up to his own work. And Dr. Baumia will be able to lead up to his own promise. Okay, thank you. But uh, to mention me and suggest that I'll be happy... <laughs> It's going to be very difficult. Um, I'll be happy if what the majority leader, through his own group that he has set up, committee that he has set up to lead to constitution review, um, if what he's seeking them to do is accomplished. And I know you have heard about the number of ministers that they are seeking, even though he wishes that you will not do more than 20. Yes, um, the NDC held a press conference and joined the many criticisms from governance uh, bodies and CSOs about this reshuffle. We have been asking for a reshuffle for all this while, and eventually the president does it. And then we say, no value. Why do we do that? I'm saying good morning and good morning to our viewers. Um, it's painful listening to the attempt by my good brother, Haruna, to rationalize the irrational the, or, or unrationable. I mean, um, you look at when the call, and the 466 days, I believe, is from when the members of parliament started asking for Ken to be taken out. The call for Ken to be taken out preceded even the members of parliament on the MPP side. So it's been longer than 466 days. The president clearly doesn't listen to Ghanaians, clearly doesn't understand what the pulse of the nation is, has lost a connection with the country. Because if we were to take the the information put out by Franklin Kujo um, for its value, it then supposes that the president has not done what Ghanaians wanted. Ghanaians wanted Ken Furiata out of government. 
he's actually been promoted and given more or less a supervisory role over the finance ministry. Because in his role to do negotiations and become basically the president's ambassador on financial matters, the finance minister works under him. Because overarching, the overarching desire of the president when it comes to the finances of our country will be run by that ambassador. So Ken has actually been promoted when we ask for him to be taken out of government. So clearly this shows you a president who is completely out of sync with the country. Again, it just shows you the dysfunction of this government and why December 7, 2024 must mark an end to this horrid chapter in our democratic journey by sending both Nanado Dankwakufuado and Dr. Bahubia home. Just so that we, we can bring an end to the horror show that we've been subjected to for the past seven years and two months. Why do I say so? President Akufuado outdoed Dr. Baumia against the will of many stalwarts of the NPP on the basis of one thing, his economic prowess. And the fact that this was someone he trusted to be able to effect and govern with him the changes that they, they promised Ghanaians. In fact, there are people in the NPP and many Democratic watchers who ascribe the 2016 victory of the NPP to Dr. Baumia. In fact, the NPP as a political party has acknowledged that Dr. Baumia's effect and role in governance, in policy issues, his lectures, his credibility, the way he was sold to Ghanaians, was a key factor why Ghanaians believed that Nanado should be given a chance, not because of Nanado, but because they believed that Nanado was going to benefit from what Dr. Baumia brought to the table. Now, if Dr. Baumia, in his great speech, dubbed the next chapter, says that, in his opinion, the way to govern this country and govern it effectively is with 50 ministers. First and foremost, it raises a credibility question on Dr. Baumia because he's part of a government, and we have not heard him speak. Well, I haven't. I don't know if you have, something, But I have not heard Dr. Baumia speak openly to condemn the 126 or distance himself from the decision to have 126 ministers in the first term of their government. Or whether he did same with 86. I have absolutely no evidence that suggests that Dr. Baumia even remotely suggested his discomfort at it. In fact, in the 86, you have people who have ascribed the appointment to Dr. Baumia, relationship with Dr. Baumia. And, and, and the word on the street is my very good friend and big brother, Amin Anta, has been made minister for finance because he's Baumia's right-hand man who needs to work on a transition for them. So you realize that even among the 86, several persons, my brother Hassan Tampuli and all, I mean, because of their relationship, have been brought into ministerial portfolios. So he now telling us 50 will work the magic raises a question of even cred a credibility deficit on his part. But then even a bigger credibility deficit is the man who came to government or was voted for by Ghanaians because Ghanaians believed he would rely on Baumia's advice. We are now being told by Haruna that Baumia cannot insist, he can only assist. Fantastic punchline or, 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 or sloganeering by the MVP. Aruna, you guys need to teach us how you come up with these catchy phrases. He can only assist and not insist. 
well, we were told that he was coming to assist. It means that even in his assistant's role, Nanado no longer has trust for Baumia's opinion. Nanado no longer takes Baumia's opinion as credible enough to even give it a chance to implement. Nanado no longer trusts the ability and decision-making of Dr. Baumia because, look, and, and in the past three weeks, something, we've seen enough evidence to tell the Ghanaian people that Dr. Baumia is not a choice for Ghanaians. Why? Because even the sitting president, who brought him on because he trusted his ability, has, has realized that Dr. Baumia's opinions no longer matter. E. Levy. Dr. Baumia, if we are being told, was opposed to it, the president went ahead with it. If we are to take what Dr. Baumia said at his lecture, bet tax, the president ignored Dr. Baumia. Emissions tax, the president ignored him. 15% on, on, on electricity, the president ignored him. And now we are even seeing that the president has ignored Dr. Baumia's opinion on, on, on the size of government. But, if, but if the you, president, you said a while ago... Yes that some people have earned those positions because they are Dr. Baumier's men. Yes. So how come a person who is not listening to is able to have people in ministerial positions? That's why I raised the issue of credibility deficit, that what Dr. Baumier says to us must not be taken at face value. We must, we must take it that he is saying things to win power, but doesn't mean it. Because credit, the, 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 what it points to is that the 86 the president has, has the input of Dr. Baumia, which means that when Dr. Baumia tells you if he really wanted the president to go with his 50, he could have nominated the people who are in government on his ticket and said, Mr. President, I'm redrawing my nominees so that at least the number will drop. But that is where the credibility of Dr. Baumia is called into question, that you can't really trust him. And, and, and something, the last point I want to make is that President Akufuado has shown us with this reshuffle he doesn't care. He's, he's checked out of the country. And the MPP is clear. It's clear in the minds of the MPP. The president no longer, he, 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 he's unconcerned he, 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 about whatever the challenges of Ghana are. This reshuffle is not for the governance of our country. For the next 10 months, the president is telling us that, look, the country is going to be on autopilot. It is for the political survival of the NPP. He's picked people who have lost elections. Some of these are ministers who, and look, Something, you understand this democratic process. When a minister is appointed to an office, even if you are a subject area expert, it takes you at least six months to settle in and understand the bureaucracy and get a grasp of it. At least, no matter how good you are, it takes you six months to get a grasp of it. Now, some of these ministers have done this. They came in, in, general, in, in, in at the beginning of 2021. They're now settling, they've now settled in and begun. They've gone to lose an election. They've lost their internal primaries. The president does a wholesale sweep of everybody who's lost the primaries, meaning those people have no political consequence to the MPP as a party. They can't bring any parliamentary seats to the table. And then what does he do? He brings in new people, many of whom are not subject area specialists with the exception of maybe Dr. Okoboy, who is a doctor, going into the health ministry, show me all the other appointees. Maybe Amin Anta, who, again, is a finance person and has been at the ministry, you know, as a minister of state. The, the rest of them, none of them is a subject area expert. So first and foremost, you have people who are now going to, even if you use the six months, they have not been appointed into, they've not been approved yet 
parliament is now going to approve them. Even if we approve them before we rise at the end of March, take six months from that, that takes you to September. What are they going to do in that ministry, knowing that very well the campaign cycle is starting in August? So basically, the president is telling Ghanaians, as for your governance, I don't care about it. What I care about is getting a parliamentary, getting people who are parliamentary candidates in my party into government. And this is why corruption begins to be an issue. Because the whole idea is to bring them into office, to give them an opportunity to be able to use the largesse of executive office to go and execute a partisan parliamentary ambition. The president's whole thinking is about the election. He's checked out when it comes to the governance of this country. And they, they, they kept Ken at office long, in, in office long enough to victimize the, parliamentary, the parliamentarians who went after him. And I can give you a list of them. Anya Soutum, Honorable Dr. Dixon, kicked out. Eves, naughty. And these are people who called for Ken out and people who supported Alan. When Alan was running the in man, the race against Baumia, he was not taken as central. The campaign Eugene, for Ken hey, out you, you, has won. He's back. Do you know what he went through? Has he told you his struggles? But he's won. That's the he, point. He, he was the only one who managed to survive. But the lead spokesperson was a casualty. Eugene, Subin. Eugene was kicked out. Everyone who led, with the exception of uh, Asante Achim, uh, I forgot, I forgot his name. Andi Apiakubi. With the exception of Andi Apiakubi, show me one of the lead spokespersons for Ken Out and those who supported Alan, who survived. Every single one. So Ken was left there to go. Ken was involved by ranking member. Sylvester Tete. My, my own cousin. Alan. My own cousin, yes. Yes. And, and, and as, soon as, Alan, as soon as Alan redrew, he went on all fours, begging Baumia, and became a Baumia person. He joined switch campaign to the Bahamian campaign. And even with that one, go and ask him, Mike, go and ask him how he suffered. Um, Dr. Theo Champong, let's uh, see the perspectives you bring here. But can we start on this note? Those who say that the president is bringing in people who are now getting the opportunity to, be, uh, to become MPs and so on, and that it does not help because they are going to be busy in their constituencies because we know that the campaign for 2024 has already started. Yeah, um, very, very well so, and good morning. The, the campaign has, has started, and um, it, it begins to get into a crescendo starting July um, of um, this year, and then the latter part of the year, you even struggle to get a, a meeting with, with some of them. If you want to meet them, you have to go to the village and the constituency grounds to... Escuchas ese rugido? Sientes la experiencia de poder? La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Have such, you know, um, meetings. But I think there are two maybe fundamental premises that I also want to sort of start with. The first premise really being that, um, in my view, the government has squandered quite a lot of the goodwill that it, it had or has had. And number two, as Haruna was speaking, and this is a point I noted down earlier myself, that there were certain gaps in governance and certain gaps in the running of this country that a number of us 
and others had identified as far back as 2022. So uh, something you recall, I was among the first on this same platform to actually call for uh, operator SAC right. as far back as July of 2022. You called, I, you repeated, you repeated, <laughs> you got tired. <laughs> right, I, I even got into a bit of trouble, you know, for, for that. Subsequent to that, there have been other calls from the likes of uh, Kojum Pieni, I recall also July, August, same time of 2022. I recall um, uh, Atachia himself earlier this year also spoke asking him to resign. And even the party itself, the parliamentary caucus, did same, although nothing, you know, came out of that. So if you if you take this two premise and then you scrap another, for me it comes down to the point that I think it is too little, too late, rightfully as you capture in the title, you know, and the um, graphic that, that you put up. I don't think that the timing helps the party particularly, and it wouldn't make much of a difference on the uh, economic front and some of the social issues that we've been, you know, uh, discussing ad nauseum here over the last uh, few um, months. Number one, I, I, I think that the ministers and many of them being MPs and of course having been elected in some of them, their constituencies themselves, they are not even sure whether they will win in the main right mm. uh, election. So a lot of them are there or would be there as ministers, but with also one eye towards trying to keep or retain their parliamentary seats. So in that sense, you have a bit of a divided right attention in terms of you know putting your full effort and commitment to the work uh, at, at at hand. So your view that is would, that your view is that from this angle, the national interest will not be served. I think if you look at the national interest in terms of where we are, so basically the economy, inflation, um, bringing cost of goods and services down, sustaining the currency. Some of the reforms that we've been talking about, I mean, if we've not been able to do it in the last seven years, what will 10 months do? One. Number two, if the people that you're putting in there are also going to be fighting another course, which for many of them is even more existential to their survival as politicians, right, then it's even going to take some attention away from that sort of, you know, uh, nationalist course. I do concede that some of them already are ministers uh, already, and so they are coming into the role uh, with some sort of experience. But for many of them, they, it's going to take three to six months, as some some is saying, to learn the ropes right of of, of the of the job, particularly for uh, the finance ministry role, which is headed by uh, my my good friend um, Dr. Amin. I I think the immediate priority for him has to be how we conclude the external debt restructuring. So that's the biggest bottleneck currently to whether or not we unlock more IMF funding and also get uh, you know, more fiscal space that we, 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 we need. So there's about $13 billion worth of euro bonds that we need to uh, restructure um, the official creditor committee uh, of, of the 
on the bilateral debt side, you know, needs to give more or less their blessing, right, to any deal that we agree with the um, commercial creditors. And originally, the government says or um, had indicated that they are looking to conclude this external commercial debt restructuring by March of this year. And I think that really sets the time um, for um, uh, Dr. Amin and his team to start working uh, on this ASCP. It's going to be difficult, but it's not unsurmountable. And mm. I, I related to that, I would again advocate that if it's a problem not already started, he should start getting on the flight and, and heading towards you know, China and some of those other players to see what we can get. You, you, don't, you don't appreciate that Keno Foriata's new position is for that purpose, for continuity? Well, he's, he's, he's been there for, for the last seven years. Um, not much, in my view, has come out of that, particularly in the last few months. Um, and I think related to that point, I actually had written it down. We need better clarity on what exactly Ken is going to be doing at the finance ministry. So they say he's going to be an advisor, and you quoted um, uh, Franklin and others in terms of negotiating big deals, and he might be bigger than even, um, I mean, I'm not too sure what exactly that would entail, but I think we need some specific clarity what is he going to be doing different from what Amin and the folks at the finance ministry, again, uh, would be doing? Because you might have some duplication of, of potential role in there. But as a substantive finance minister, I, I would think that, you know, Amin and his team should be engaging the different creditor groups, especially, you know, China in the next few weeks. And hopefully we can conclude this by, by March or by April, you know, of this year. Related to that point is also the fact that if you look at the budget itself, many of the items in the budget are already being, right, implemented. So as finance minister, it's a bit difficult to actually see how much scope or room he can actually influence the decision-making process um, in the next few months. The only avenue for him to do something would be when it comes to the, the mid-year budget in June or July this year. But again, that may be too little, too late, right, uh, in, in, in my view. Um, so, so those are the issues for me mm. and how, you know, I, I look at that. The last point maybe just to add is also, of course, on the political side of things. If you look at a number of the people that have been um, appointed, um, it does indicate uh, to, to me that many of them are in the, the Baumia sort of college camp, right? And they likely would become members of, of the cabinet or the, the government should they win the December 2024, you know, uh, election. So in a sense, it's putting um, the, the Akupuadu and his... his, his um, uh, government on one side and giving some sort of room potentially for these new candidates who would be members in, in the cabinet um, mm. to to come. Again, uh, should they win the election? And the uh, election is going to be highly, quick, highly competitive. A, a, quick one, a quick one on this. Chairman Sabonsu is said to be very instrumental and significant in the Baumia camp, correct? 
To an extent, yes. Right. Now, he, as Minister of Parliamentary Affairs, set up a constitution review committee. Yep. That committee's recommendation is that we should cap our ministers to 25. 25. Maximum, 25. Uh, political, you know, intellectuals like uh, Dr. Asa Asante say that we can do with 19 ministers. Alan Shermanting says he will do with 40 ministers. Baumia says I'll do with 50. Then Mahama says I'll do with 60. From where you sit, at the time where the, there was a clarion call for the reshuffle, the major plank was for a downsizing, as you were champ championing. Absolutely. Do you think at this point, from what has happened, that the president is listening at all? Uh, I don't think so. And, and it's, it's, it's not even just the reshuffle. You can go back, um, you know, to some of the major policy decisions that have been made and calls for some things to be, to be scrapped, um, um, you know, that it had to take extra effort, right? So, for example, this 15% VAT on, on electricity, it had to take extra effort to the point of labor unions and other groups threatening to go on the street before, right, uh, the, the government of the day does, you know, the, the, the listening. Mm -hmm. um, and you can cite numerous other examples uh, related to that. Governance is not easy, but at the end of the day, you want to make life bearable for the, the citizens. And to that extent, you want to show that you are with the people and working for the people. And if you look at, you know, some of the issues that have taken place last several months and years, it doesn't indicate to me that the government necessarily has been carrying the people along, you know, uh, on, on, on this journey. So when um, Haruna then makes the point or uses the football analogy to say, well, you can make substitutions very late in the game and people will come and have an impact, you know, uh, on the game and even win you games. It doesn't work like that when it comes to governance and even running an economy. It takes a while for reforms to begin to filter through. You, you, you are strong on the economy side. Uh, very briefly, so I go to Kukukwating. You are strong on the economy side. The 2024 uh, targets have already been set in the budget, correct? As you may have already, you know, pointed to. So... Is there anything different disappointees are coming in to do that we should be so, um, you know, alarmed and talk about the fact that this is too little, too late? As it may be said, that they may come in with some initiative and some, you know, creative skills to implement the, 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 the budget. No, the budget is already in motion, I've said that. Um, so you don't expect them to come and change things, right, uh, overnight. There may be one or two small quick wins, like, for example, if we're able to push through and conclude on this external commercial debt restructuring, because that's the major overhang the next few months that we've got to, to deal with. But if you also look at it politically in terms of a new crop of people potentially coming in that could form you know, part of the government, should they win an election, then in a sense, it does indicate, you know, 
uh, some sort of uh, opportunity to learn or training ground. Because in any ways, mm -hmm. or in any case, we've said that from July, August, many of them will be back on the campaign trail. And if you want to meet them, you have to go to the villages, towns, and constituencies. All right. Um, Kuku Kwating, thank you very much for joining us. She chairs the Finance Committee in Parliament, MP for Boise. Thank you very much for your time, sir. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, right. And, uh, good morning, right. US. So, so my first question will be, how come you are supporting this when, as we understand, you decline to be part of it? Well, thank you, Samson. To start with, I, I think it's important to state that ordinarily, if the president invited anybody and uh, mentioned his intention to uh, nominate them for a ministerial appointment, uh, this is not a matter that should be in the media. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, on this occasion, unfortunately, somehow there were media reports, and uh, I was disturbed by the reasons being suggested for me declining to take up the ministerial appointment. And therefore, it became necessary to issue the statement to clarify that um, the reasons were inaccurate and that uh, it was for these legitimate reasons that, that I declined to take up the ministerial position. But uh, so, so, so first start off, um, for those of us who have not read your statement, help them and appreciate that you just don't want to be part of a bad, you know, economic management team. And that there, are, there, are, there, are, there are other reasons why you declined. Explain to them why you declined. Well, well I, I think uh, given the challenges that this administration has faced, and given the historical, in my view, historical weaknesses in the way we have managed our economy, not necessarily this in another administration, uh, this government has done what it can. I, I'm very clear in my mind about that, and therefore I should be proud to support uh, such a government, uh, especially in these difficult times. Uh, and therefore, the suggestion that somehow I I considered that this was a, a, this was a team that I do not want to be uh, uh, I do not want to play in is completely is completely wrong, and, and I, I suggest to people to disregard that. The reason I I declined is this. First, they come in twofold. The first is that, you know, parliament plays a critical role in the work of government. It was not for nothing that in 2021, when the NPP side in parliament became depleted of all the people who had competence in finance and economy, uh, the, the president, the majority leader, Escuchas ese rugido Sientes la experiencia de poder La emoción de la libertad Ya estás preparado Para vivir tu nueva aventura Nueva Ram 1500 Hecha para vivir Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC All spoke with me And suggested That I leave the executive To go and support the work Of government In parliament and over the period, I have done a lot. I'm proud of some of the things that we have been able to, able to achieve uh, because I'm in parliament. And therefore, I have no regrets for, uh, for being moved from the ministry uh, to parliament. 
And I considered that it is work that I must complete in parliament, at least to the end of this parliament's life. Mm -hmm. And therefore, being moved to the executive at this time will be suboptimal. And that is why uh, it was the first reason I declined. The in, second in, reason... In, in uh, parliament, you literally don't have the power of the purse as an individual to be able to effect some of the changes that you would want to, or the, yes. But as a minister, you then have the opportunity to determine certain directions in the implementation of uh, the, the government's agenda. So this is a lost opportunity. You could not, do not better. Necessarily. Not necessarily, Samson. Look, in, uh, on, especially for this particular finance committee, remember that we are 25, 12 of us, uh, uh, 12 from the minority side, 12 from the majority side, and I chair. So my vote is extremely important for this particular finance committee. Uh, the second is that sometimes... It's yeah, so you do you both. Most of you are doing both, isn't it? You do both. You are minister, you are in parliament anyway. Well, if you are, if you are a minister, you are unable to serve as the chairman for a committee. Okay. So the point I'm making is that uh, I am playing a, a role that I consider to be in the national interest. Uh, I'm, I'm playing a critical role in parliament. And sometimes it is not just your vote. It's also your ability to understand these finance issues and to convince your colleagues why one referral will have to be approved as it is or that we should prevail on the minister to change certain things in, in the referral. So uh, the long and short, the point I'm making is that uh, there is a critical role I'm playing, and I didn't consider that being moved to the executive was optimal at this point. But the second point, and perhaps the more important point, is that, you know, the uh, external global environment has, in my view, imposed new challenges on us as a people, in respect especially of the economy. Mm. Now, uh, that, together with the fact that, in my view, there's a deficit of confidence uh, within the population towards Ghanaians. Uh, I hear too many Ghanaians expressing concerns that the political class is no longer working for them and that we are out for ourselves. I am one of those who believe uh, that uh, these are matters that uh, the NPP going forward, especially formulating uh, our manifesto, must respond to frontally the deficit in political confidence uh, in the political class, but also the new challenges imposed by a hostile economic global environment mm. are all things that should call for new ways of doing things. These are, these are discussions I would be happy to participate in as MPP formulate strategies going forward. I consider that I'm in a better position to do that uh, as a non-ministerial member of parliament than, than, than to be a minister and to try and, and, and do this. So, uh, uh, in short, for mm. these two reasons, right. uh, I, 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 I let, let me get your brief view on this, because you uh, came to the fore in Kufour's regime. What Kufour did, President Kufour do, is doing completely the opposite. In his final year, he asked all appointees seeking elections or re-election to leave his government. And he replaced them 
with people who could work without the distraction of campaigns. Nanado has done the opposite. And we have just been told that you need at least about six months to settle in. We understand, as it were, these uh, appointments um, will be confirmed by Parliament, maybe hopefully by close of March before the Parliament rises. What time is there to do what work when these people are supposed to, you know, get in, onto the field of campaign? Uh, Samson, I consider that there are pros and cons for each of the, 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 the scenarios that you paint. Look, it is also the case that when an individual has no stake, really, in, say, the next uh, political phase after the election, then their attitude to governance may well be, how do I look after myself? because I'm exiting. I need to get my pensions. Uh, that is one way you could look at it. But it's also a legitimate point to say, that, to make that, well, you're on your, uh, on your way out, and, and because you're not contesting elections, you have a lot more time. You would bring that to the benefit of the work you do. Mm. You could look at it either way. All right. I think if you leave it to the president, if on this occasion the president considers that those who have a stake going forward should lead the project, uh, not just of the election, but also concluding this last year of uh, this administration, I think we should allow the president to have his way. Thank you very much. Kuku Kwating is MP for Boise West, and he chairs the uh, Finance Committee in Parliament. Um, we have... Um, uh, Samuel Bing, who is the Parliamentary Network Africa um, leader, he says that Koku Kwating has been extremely useful at the Finance Committee. Many insiders in Parliament who know what I know working as head of a parliamentary monetary organization will tell you that but for Koku Kwating and his Finance Committee, a lot of things would have gone wrong through the Parliament uh, route. Tax exemptions have been blocked. Finance agreements that may not benefit the country have been called out, sometimes making the executive angry. We need a strong legislature, just as we need an effective, efficient executive. And that is what to do. When we see people doing right, we should be bold to you know, publicly approve them. Uh, Sami Obeng, thank you very much for sending that one in. Uh, there's a little debate about whether those who have been reassigned will have to be, um, as it were, vetted again. Uh, let me take just a minute or so from Sam George, and then we can, we can close the chapter on this discussion. Uh, maybe Haruna to can share just, you know, a minute of his view on that, and then we can end it there. What do you say? Roxanne Nelson, Dafiamapo, your man on the, on the constitutional legal team. Well, fantastic point Roxanne makes, and I mean, it reiterates the point that I made that the president has checked out. You're seeing so many little, little gaps in communication coming out of the presidency. It tells you that that house is a house in disorder, because the president in that statement is clear that 
this list and I think Schedule A have had their appointments revoked. It's stated explicitly there. That's right. Now, once you say an appointment has been revoked, by function of the J.H. Mensah case, the revocation of an appointment means that that person can no longer hold themselves out as, an, as, as, as a minister of state. And in fact, the president doesn't just say it's been revoked. He said it's been revoked with immediate effect. So it then supposes that when he now goes to the next page... So this is the language. Yeah. And the, the communication issued from the communication directorate of the Jubilee House yeah. on the 14th of February. Yeah. It says President Akufuado makes changes to the executive. A, this is the first group, exit from office. The President of the Republic, Nanado Danko Akufuado, has relieved the following ministers and deputy ministers of their portfolios in government with immediate effect. And that's where you find the Finance Minister, Ambrose Derry, you find the Health Minister and others, Kujo Pong, Krumah Communication, yeah. uh, Asenso Bwachi also reassigned, yeah, you find him there, yeah. and so on. You say... Once this is where the problem yes. is. Once you say you've relieved them from office with immediate effect, it means you have revoked their appointment. And that is the function of the J.H. Mensah case. Mm. Because don't forget, when in that instance, the then majority leader said to them that, oh, this was a, a, a miscommunication. J.H. Mensah's argument was that in constitutional matters, there's nothing like miscommunication. And so once the president has relieved those ministers, they cannot hold themselves out as ministers in a reassigned position. The president has the power to reassign them. Mm. Don't get us wrong. But in reassigning them, they are now considered fresh appointees who would then have to appear before parliament for its approval because the president's appointments must so be approved by point, parliament. Your point is that if there had not been a communication or a release like this saying they have been relieved of their posts with immediate effect, then there will not have been a problem. All we are saying if is... If he simply said, I'm, I, am, I am reassigning uh, Muhammad Amin Anta, I'm reassigning Ambrose, uh, um, uh, Henry Corte, um, Francis Hassan Subwachi, Kujopon Kruma, yes, and then uh, Abdullah Abanga. Yes. So that, that would have been okay. In fact, he could have still maintained this letter, but in Schedule A, the ministers he's reassigning would not have been part of that list. So there are ministers who have been altogether taken out, like Lariba. Terminated. Terminated. Mm. He's not reassigned. So that schedule should have had only those ministers, mm. because those are the ministers he's relieving of posts right. with immediate effect. Mm. Then, because if you go further, he then has another schedule where he says, I am reassigning. So including those you want to reassign in the original list of those, of those who, are who are going for good. It is a big gaff which... Based on the ruling from the Supreme Court, we have no other option than to say that these are new appointments. Is this argument not one of form over substance? Well, well, well our hands are tied as Parliament, given the action of the NPP in 1996. In you that case, there, and, was, there was a difference. A government's tenure had terminated. Yeah. And then a new government comes yeah. in. And Jerry Rowling says, I want these people to stay. That was the issue. Yes. And in fact, the court in that decision suggested that what it meant 
was that the, 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 the appointment committee or the vetting was that, or the prior approval requirement mm -hmm. was for the parliament that, that is that in effect. The parliament that was effective had been dissolved and was gone. So if you have a new government, a new regime with a newly sworn in parliament, they must give the prior approval. You don't have that situation here. Something. The reason why the president's thing is, is, is not even just the Supreme Court ruling, which we have, ex we have established, but it's the constitutional mandate that the president's appointments must be approved by parliament. Even when he's doing a reassignment, parliament is within his right to say that this minister was suitable and approved for this portfolio. But in our vetting of him for this new portfolio, we do not find him fit for office. You are setting a new rule that any time a minister is being reassigned, they must come back to parliament for vetting. In this manner, when they've been relieved of their original portfolio by the president. Because the communication to the public, not the communication to parliament, is the issue. No, this, this communication that came to the public is the same thing that came to parliament. There's what no came, difference. No, what came to parliament stated mm. that they've been relieved. What the speaker read mm. is that they've been relieved of their, of their portfolio. And like I said, the problem shows you a house in disorder. Because, again, like, and it just establishes the issue we're raising about ministers mm. who are parliamentary candidates now having to go into ministries. The head of communications is a parliamentary candidate. So he's got one head, one leg in the mm. Flagstaff House doing communications for the president. He's got another leg running, looking at his parliamentary candidate. And you are seeing these guys. You know, there was an other issue. Even Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. The, the DCs, okay. where they quoted the wrong legislation, they quoted a Kenyan legislation. All right. Instead of a Ghanaian legislation. Thank you very much. I mean, much. so it shows you that um, uh, this, this has to go the, to court. The DHMN matter that I'm referring to yes. has been digested in um, uh, Dr. Samuel Kofi Dateba, former justice of the Supreme Court, his book entitled Reflections on the Supreme Court of Ghana. And I just read just a small portion here. He says, on the main substantive issue, the Supreme Court held that retained ministers and deputy ministers required the pr prior approval of parliament before they could act or hold themselves out as ministers or deputy ministers of state. Justice Akins explained the court's decision in this manner. Quote, the argument of the Attorney General that the requirement of prior approval does not apply to holdover ministers and that the phrase does not mean the consideration and vetting of such ministers is untenable. It is unambiguously clear that the appointment of ministers and deputy ministers of state by the President under Article 78, Clause 1, and 79, Clause 1 of the Constitution 1992, shall be with the prior approval of Parliament. And the Parliament here should mean the current Parliament and not the previous Parliament. If the framers of the Constitution 1992 had intended to refer to the erstwhile Parliament, they would have stated so. It stands to reason that when a new Parliament and a new President are sworn in, all such ministers intended to assist the president in his deliberations 
must be appointed in accordance with the provisions of Article 78 and 79, 1, Clause 1, Clause 1 each of those before they assume office as such. If the presidential candidate for the new patriotic party or the People's Convention Party had won the elections, it would be absurd to suggest that the ministers and deputy ministers of the previous regime would have been retained to avoid creating a power vacuum. So, reading this, it will suggest that this argument is one that should not be made. It's one of form over substance. Haruna, I said you give us a minute on, of your view on this, and then we take a, we take a break. I really appreciate this very intellectual argument that we are putting forward. Uh, I have always said that once you get an opportunity to um, appear or speak on news path, you must be able to make sure that you create an impact on the minds of the people. Uh, I do agree with the point that uh, some suggestions and some criticisms have been made with regards to the way and manner that the letter was written. Uh, something we all know that with the good intent of the Secretary the President, it's very clear that he is relieving them of their portfolio, but not administered for case. And I am happy that you have quoted portions of uh, a judgment that has been used or produced by a competent cause of jurisdiction, and this particular point ought not to be uh, in front for us to be able to uh, debate them. Something in our discussion, uh, we talked about uh, Dr. Baumier's uh, lack of trust and credibility uh, when it comes to the effectiveness of the work. And my brother... Oh, I, I ask you a very specific question for just a minute's intervention so that we will end this discussion here, sir. Samson, uh, I, I wanted to have made some uh, good points on that particular matter because uh, I had stayed on to listen and I just wanted to make an impress to a particular point. It indicate that Dr. Baumier's importance to the president of Akukwado has not been looked down upon. If you look at his impact in terms of how he renegotiated the interoperability from 1.2 billion to 4.7 million dollars, in terms of his impact and then his contribution to digitalization and the drone system and the ambulance system, this has been something that has vice president. He has been able to propose solutions to upcoming uh, issues that affect the people of Ghana. And I think that it is something all of us will look at. Uh, something, we talk about subject area, and this is in line with the ministers that have just been appointed. If you look at the greatest impact we have in education, it was done by uh, NAPO, who has been a, a, a medical person of all, all of us know. If you look at the impact of Osafumapu, he was an engineer by profession, but he had a very great impact in terms of finance uh, in this country. So, as for subject area, it is very important, and constitutionally, this has not been clearly defined, whether you must be a subject area uh, person in terms of where you have been appointed to. But in terms of delivery, there are experts in subject areas in the ministry that you are going, and their contribution to your vision and the vision of the president will be able to make an impact in the governance system in Ghana. All right. Thank you very much for your uh, contribution on this uh, chapter of the discussion. And uh, we'll take a break here. And yes, somebody just said, is it a view I'm expressing? I just read what the, the GH Mensah case said.
And it does appear clearly that what the minority is seeking to push is form over substance. That's all I said, because of the effectiveness of the parliament that needs to make the approval. With this parliament is the one that has already approved these other uh, people. And so that's just um, what it is. Let me close a chapter with um, a paragraph from this book also on the doctrine of justiciability. And it says that for a case to be justiciable, the court must not be offering an advisory opinion in it. The plaintiff must have capacity and the issues must be ripe, but neither moot nor in violation of the political question doctrine. In this book, by the portion I've also read, this is Dispensing Justice in a Society in Flux, Walking legal, uh, a Legal Tightrope. Dispensing Justice in a Society in Flux, Walking a Legal Tightrope. Uh, Justice Kwesi Nkrumah Eduyama. Uh, wrote this. Actually, it's just about to be launched on, um, on the 22nd. So it does appear that it's clearly a question of, uh, you know, form over substance. Yeah. We'll take a break here.